friends, welcome back to another very special episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast. The show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my cave-dwelling, human-eating co-host. Oh, I don't do that, but my name's Alex Dandino. Sure. I think he doth protest troglo life too much. You can't even say the word. <laughs> I, yeah, apparently. But if, anyone's a troglodyte, if anyone's a troglodyte here, it's you. How dare you? Just looking down on us real American Midwesters. Well, I did not realize that I would have to be talking about troglodytes so much when we program this month, but it's going to be a recurring theme. So read up, guys. All right. Before we get to that, a little business, guys. It's official. The film alchemists are on patreon that's right patreon.com slash film alchemist pod you can find uh all of our awesome people over there for as little as a dollar a month guys you can get in join our amazing community meet the amazing patrons we already have and guys it's the absolute best way to help the show every single dollar helps i assure you but it's also the very best way to make sure that this show is exactly what you deserve as you go up the official Highlander ranking systems, we let you specifically pick the movies you want us to discuss in a Patreon-exclusive library. We've got some amazing picks. Uh, you also get a help pick the fourth movie we do of every curation. You also get uh, some stocking stuffers. So Christmas, we're letting our patrons pick some amazing uh, extra films they'd like to see to wrap out the air. A gift from us to them. So guys, again, that's patreon.com slash Pod. It means the world to us for those of you who support us, so thank you. It also means the world to us for those of you who are about to, so thank you as well. The email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube, if you want to see our beautiful faces and, uh, you know, hear, uh, listen, get a little visual titillation along with some audio titillation. The YouTube, Film Alchemist. Go over there, subscribe. We do some other fun stuff over there, always working on ideas. We're on all the social media that you're on. Please leave us a five-star rating and review wherever you find the show. <laughs> right. Enough of that business. Let's get down and dirty, but not down and dirty enough with tonight's film, Boone Tomahawk. Just a metal-as-hell name. Pretty metal-as-hell movie. I. This is a funny movie because this is one of them, my best friend, Sam was trying to get me to watch this forever. Mm -hmm. And I I wouldn't say I'm allergic to westerns. But I would say that the western genre has uh is it become a magnet for many things that are not my favorite in movies, right? Uh one of them very prominently featured in Bone Tomahawk is the extra 1 hour that every movie decides that I need. <laughs> um neither here nor there though, right? So I was like, all right, it's horror, Kurt Russell, Oh, Richard Jenkins. All right. All right. Patrick Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finally got, I was like, this is the month I'll do this uh, for Sam. Shout out, Sam. I got to say this movie was longer than I wanted, but man, is it chock full of good stuff. I really enjoyed this. Uh, this was my first time viewing this film. Alex, had you seen Bone Tomahawk and opening thoughts? I had not. Um, I also, my first viewing definitely heard a lot about it from, our friend Slam, as well as just in general, um, I don't know why this movie just like always comes up for some reason when people are talking about westerns. Um, I'm also not necessarily allergic to westerns, but 
the extra hour always comes from this visual masturbation every director of a western does where it's like ooh look at the prairie i'm like <laughs> I, I get it yeah like yeah. you're in the west thank you for pointing out the desolation like I get it. That's fine. Like, which is funny because I'm really into a lot of the samurai era movies that do this a lot. Of course, I don't know why. I think what it is, and this is my take <laughs> on it, because look, like in college, I was very much into like older, like I loved older westerns, like John Ford movies. Like, I watched Three Ten to Yuma in a film class, and I was like the original one. And I was like, this movie is awesome. Why have like, why did I think that they could only just like remake this movie? Like, oh my god, like this movie, this original is incredible. Like that kind of shit. <laughs> I think what it is, and this is why samurai movies work better with this way, is like the movement of the distance in samurai movies, I think, adds to the desolation of the characters. And I personally don't get any character development out of the verandas we get from Westerns. I already know they're lonely because the West sucks. There's you don't absolutely like, you don't like red ass rocks. There's literally no time. There's no movie that celebrates how awesome the Wild West was. The Wild West was horrible. Okay, now that's a point because I believe the only Western we made it to on this show, unless you count Back to the Future Three, would be the Pale Door, Pale Door. which is yeah. another kind of these neo uh, horror westerns, mm -hmm. right? Which doesn't really kind of emulate an enormous this one's much more an emulation of kind of a classic western. yeah and so without divulging into just a you know lawyering up of the the western genre someday i know we're gonna have to strap on our old six shooters and hit yeah. the saddle and do a western we'll movie. definitely be hitting the feedback soon for that for sure <laughs> the feedback is one thing that doesn't want to cross paths with these banditos let me tell you because <laughs> you will fucking lose unmarked grape uh Here's the thing. I think the the code of ethics is a really big one, right? This man with the gun thing that Westerns are into. Mm -hmm. It's not always my vibe, and I feel like most of them are kind of shitty people. Okay, so to bring this back, right? I like the samurais better, right? Sword on sword. It's more <laughs> it's more uh noble, I well, feel like. To your there point. There is though, a, a thing I... that this movie does that I love. Mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was actually gonna say to your point though, the reason that you prefer the samurai is because the samurai story that the westerns stole that from the samurai stories well sure that's i mean it's all stealing again, right it's, it's all, all just a it's story all this orgy, melding man. but I, I agree like all the like it's not that i hate them it's the salient point we made which is just like they're literally an all an hour too long just because of b-roll anyways moving well, i on. think there's an americanness to them too like that the bad kind of american ideals that i don't love that's why sergio leone is so great yeah because he takes that Western story and puts it through a lens of a non-American. So you get all the good stuff without the kind of like propaganda. Like, wasn't it great? No, it no, was, yeah, it was terrible. Trash. Bless that Italian. And that, that is one thing I really liked about <laughs> goddamn Italians. No. Uh, where was I? I'm just dealing with another surly Italian trying to steal my, my American-made product. This pod. Um, but one thing I liked about how dare you? How dare I keep you, interrupting? Sir. You have to get to this movie. <laughs> no, it's fine. Do your jokes about how I'm a terrible Italian oppressor. That's much better. Okay, but <laughs> what I liked about this movie for the 18th time, yeah. I like that this movie. It really is a, one of those films, right? It sets up. This is a Wild West town, and I, you know, it's uh, called Bright Hope, right? Which yeah. I think is one of the things that sprung Eternal in the Wild West. We'll just keep moving and everything will be perfect. And it just still hasn't become that. What I like about this movie is 
it sets you off as, oh, man, this is a cave-eating, you know, monster men. Yeah. And they, they're yeah. going to be the bad guys. I love that this movie opens with two robbers, essentially. I mean, it just starts on a close of a guy getting his throat sliced yeah. by the Good legendary Lord. Sid Haig Sid and the less legendary but lovable David Arquette. <laughs> <laughs> and uh not a fan not a but, fan of wild west doofy very nice i love doofy it's more everything else he did which was not my favorite this is doofy's but, ancestor doofy yeah this is this is what happens before doofy had the uh fucking vacuum cleaner of moms <laughs> just a surly bandit out there covered in sand nothing to get the sand off uh, <laughs> just a little hot in the saddle oh my god so doofy and uh, Sid Haig are over there just massacred. So just that close-up on a throat slice, letting us know exactly what we're in for. Yeah. I like the idea, though, that the movie doesn't go an enormous distance in the dehumanizing of the troglodytes, right? It tries, because it's letting us know the point of view that these are godless savages, right? Yeah. I think the movie starts off with that scene to let us know that these guys who are just murdering and stealing, but they won't burn a Bible because that's bad luck. They're the honorable Christian folk that deserve to survive this land. Sure. And there's that great scene when they they kind of tromp into the the boneyard, right? This is ours. And I was like, that's, a, again, a great symbolism for kind of what we did. We kept going west and saying, oh, you guys have lived here for a long time? Nope, that's ours now. Kick some rocks over and start shooting guns. Right. So this movie does take that extra step of not kind of propagandizing these uh western folk right mm-hmm. there's a lot of them calling these people horrible monsters godless savages yeah well all they do is horrible godless acts but i mean i think that the, and i think that's probably the most that's like this weird pastiche on the western genre in my mm-hmm. opinion because like you find this a lot in modern westerns is that because you have to you have to address the fact that like anyone who came to this country pretty much was a shitbag person for the entire, for like the first, I don't know. Yeah. Three centuries. We were here like, at like anybody who got in our way, we just like pile drive. I, I don't know that everyone did, but there was definitely a, it we was, will take this land from the people the, who already the West there. particularly like, cause again, it, it has, it goes back to like, I, I mean, John Wayne, John Ford, who's a great director and anything like that. Like the searchers is an amazing movie. But John Wayne movies, all these kinds of like old westerns that literally celebrated like frontier life and like how to like live in the frontier, was this like also horrible <laughs> whitewashing of the entire experience? Like, see, we all get along out here. Not true. So like, yeah. all of, it's interesting. Well, no, like, John modern... Ford was way more into the uh, white executioner than the white savior. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? But like, he was very that, into that. That's what's interesting about modern westerns, and I think. <laughs> Might be because that's why this might be another reason why they don't get made very often now is because modern westerns are almost like apologist movies half the time because they're like, listen, we were total scumbags for this entire period of time, like ruining people's lives. Like it's pretty much until you meet like the professor, which even the professor is like one of those characters where you're like, are you just is this character here just to justify like why no one's sort of basically a racist through most of the movie? It's curious. Well, I think he's I think he's there to specifically show the kind of things that happened, right? Which right. is we're here so you can bend and acquiesce and wear the, you know, suits that we're putting upon you. Right, right. 
and talk shit about the troglodytes or, you know, you're going to be hunted down right. like the troglodytes. So I think there is a I mean, I think the Wild West genre, too, is hard because it, it does have to walk this line of it's made for people that love the idea of walking out into their vast expanse, seeing a horse coming and being like, get my gun 50 50 chance i'm murdering over coffee right, exactly right so there's a lot of that crowd that loves the idea yeah westerns are kind of the opposite of castaway right where instead of castaways a movie about i need to get off this fucking island westerns are you get off my island or i will shoot you off of it yeah and i like it here and i don't want to leave right and so i i think there's and but here's like another thing that always sticks in my crawl with westerns and if I was to ever start my my website and book series that I told you about, 90minutesorless.com, which I'm assuming is probably a pornographic site. I'm not going to Google it. I think you're thinking 90secondsorless.com, but yeah, go ahead. Anywho, yeah, neither way. Don't Google any of these things. This is all just like whiteboard brainstorming sesh. <laughs> but I wanted to make a thing where what if I went time. through and had my army of fucking technology boys uh, making 90-minute edits of films, right? And so I would go through... And as the man who so hates movies over 90 minutes, I would be the deciding factor of what gets chopped. <laughs> I would start with um, the foreman fucking his wife yes. with a broken leg because I'm not sure that that adds anything except for, again, to the guys who are like the 50-50 coffee shooters. And it's like, all right. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, she's way too attractive to be in the Wild West. Why is she so clean? Why are they both liking this so This much? is another thing that's really hard to gauge. But, right? Do you ever watch westerns and old movies? Like, I know The Last Duel just came out, and it's all about, you know, a love triangle. Huh? It makes me mad in those old movies when people are trying to get frisky, and they're not at all making the, like, the face or reacting to the smells. Yeah. Did you see? This is one of those movies, Bone Tomahawk, where you can just smell the amount of clothes these people are wearing. And I hate it. Yeah. I fucking hate it. They're wearing four-piece suits in the desert. There's no way anyone's enjoying having sex with you. <laughs> the fact that we as a species powered through the stench of those eras to produce well, is a miracle in and of itself. I mean, I agree with the logic you're pointing out here. However, like, would you want to... I mean, would you want to stop in the middle of a movie to, like, point out, like, oh, you reek, but I'm just going to deal with this? Well, no, I mean, okay, because we've all been <laughs> in scenarios where you have to make decisions, right? Like, is there right? a scene? Is Patrick Wilson going to not is have sex with his wife? No. But could we be honest? And when, uh, you know, he he pulls out his little his little roofing ladder, right? Right. And she just goes, oh, okay. Well, you know what I mean? Like, a pause. Uh, like in a script, right? This is an ellipsis. The three dots. I love you. So dot, 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 you. So you're you're. If you're gonna make the movie an hour too long, anyways, so you're address suggesting the that you're suggesting yes. we address the fact yes. that everyone reeks in the West, correct? Yes. Got it. Okay. Cool. So yes. when we make Film Alchemist presents the best Western ever made, yes, the entire movie is basically just going to be a ninety minutes of people like basically dry heaving and gagging okay. like the so top of the script our, be like, our western the top of the script is studio the notes yes. for the top of the script for the studio notes like everyone in this movie smells like spoiled fruit if Go. you get a copy of our script if you are lucky enough to produce this and hand us money we're going to personally just rub our stinky bodies on every single page 
You will be in- unable to escape it. We're making a body horror western. Just a three. And it's not like yeah, it's not like a Cronenberg like bodies melting. No. It's just like a. Oh, oh, yeah, we're gonna rub like it's just our three day yeah. old like chasing our kids around like not showered body like you know yeah. you're on one of those like seventy two hour runs where you just like you're not sleeping properly and that kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's the pitch. Come and get it. Come and get it, Hollywood. I didn't know this was going to turn into this long of a bit. Yeah. It's very much like Bone Tomahawk. We're just sitting here exploring. But-, <laughs> but you're not wrong. But that is a big thing of this movie. It needs to be addressed in more Westerns. It makes me mad. I hate it in Viking movies. Although Vikings, like, they're more, they seem a little more down to just kind of, you know, drive the ship in. I think it needs to be addressed that the human body is disgusting. And I think it needs to be addressed as a miracle of nature well, and also, maybe the only point of evidence that God truly exists is that our species powered through before showers and perfume. Well, this also goes to that like concept of like whenever people die in movies, they never evacuate their bowels. It's actually really that actually upsets me more than anything. All right, I don't know if I need that. That's the line I won't cross. Wait. I want actual are you body fucking kidding? so people who don't bathe and don't wipe properly having sex on camera, that's like Yes, that's important. But scatological playtime, not important. But not addressing the fact of how actual biology and physiology works, that's not going to work. Maybe I'm saying that they already smelled bad enough that the bowel evacuating is just a redundancy. We don't need the scene. Okay, this has gotten off the tracks. This Did you watch the movie? Im- this is not an important <laughs> element of the story. It was something that stuck in my craw, and now we've done a lot of time on it. Back to the film. What a cast! What a cast! What Just a cast. delightfully powerful cast. Plus that guy from Lost. <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely a bit of a one of these things is not as awarded as the others. <laughs> he probably has all these like Emmys, whatever that is. But, uh, <laughs> his his consolation prize was he gets to play I'm a fuck your wife guy. In the movie, which consolation cool. prizes he gets to play foot soldier number three in World War Z. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. I I love this cast, and I was actually messaging Amazing. you during the film. I love Kurt Russell very dearly. Mm-hmm. This felt very much like a Kurt Russell on Cruise Control movie. He's just like I've still got the wild beard and mustache, which is amazing. I got the long hair. Let's do it. Yeah, Kurt Russell is fine in this movie. He's better than fine. Kurt Russell's phoning it in performance is better than almost everyone else's performance. Fine. Except for. You know who didn't phone it in? Richard Jenkins. Richard fucking Jenkins. Never that does. guy is a god amongst men. Richard Jenkins is my all-time favorite who's that guy actor. Like, he's in everything. He does everything. There's never a movie that he's not 1,000% firing on all cylinders and he does comedy. Like, he's incredible in Step Brothers. He should not. have Like, he sells that that part like there's no other actor who could make that work the way he makes it work. And then he does stuff like The Visitor. Um, I mean, he's just in every like the Shape of Water. He's incredible in everything. He is he is so right. far out in front in this movie. Like, and yeah, I agree. Kurt Russell on Cruise Control is great. Kurt Russell, but whatever piston Richard Jenkins is firing on. Whatever, like, yeah. it's like the extra, it's like the extra 
leader in a car. It's like a V a V six versus a V eight. Like I, again, I'm, oh, now we're doing car guy bits. Huh? Well, I don't know if you know this, but again. I am incredibly manly. I like westerns <laughs> and I like cars. We're so. super manly, as we just did fifteen minutes on our <laughs> disgusting body odor. But it's but it is we're like one of those. It's in, he's in, he's honestly just like he's on another level. He's incredible. The entire. But time. this is Shape of Water is probably my favorite Richard. I mean, I just love that movie unabashedly. But it kind of hit all the things he's best at. This performance does that as well. He mm-hmm. is this uh, amazing comedic foil in just a brutal fucking film. Yeah. Where if hey, we talked about this a lot, it's like I don't think movies need comedy to be fun. No. This movie specifically needed a little fucking humanity in it. Mm-hmm. And Richard Jenkins is this beautiful mix of the morning widow who still finds optimism all the time. The way he speaks and delivers, the way – I mean, it's the same way that his character, Chicory, is just trying to give the best of himself in the hope that it'll make the world better. Yeah. Is exactly the way I feel Richard Jenkins always is his best, right? Is He is this, this kind of put-upon but still the bright light in the dark room guy. Yeah. And he is amazing. And his, his repartee with – Every char- like every character gets a great Richard Jenkins. Like so, his repartee is the, the you know the opinion of the assistant deputy, right? That yeah. shit with Kurt Russell and their their back and forth is fucking incredible. Beautiful. And he's great with Patrick Wilson, right? Like trying yeah. to you know urge him on, and it's gonna be okay. We'll get her. And even him trying to kind of educate the you know the less savory white white suited cowboy. Right. He's trying very hard. I mean, he just has these wonderful lines and it pays off. I mean, he had me like in tears three times in this film, which is not a film that feels like you're going to cry. But when we saw him going to visit his wife's grave and he just said, there's some good people out there that are in trouble and I'm going to give them uh, the best that I can. I'm going to I'm going to do for them what I can. And I was like, what a line that this old man knows that he doesn't really have yeah. as much to give as he wants. And he knows that he's probably not coming back. But if he can do a good deed or if he can help save this man that he really, truly appreciates this sheriff. I was I just thought it was beautiful, man. Like, what a fucking moment. Yeah, he's I mean, he's just like even the like downtime stuff like that scene, the scene where he's uh where the white suited Matthew Fox is um, rolling, basically rolling out um, around their campfire, rolling out the bells. He has that great bit where he's talking about um, like smart people don't get married. It's like a whole, yeah. it's, I mean, it's funny. And it also is just like, it's, it's the thing that Richard Jenkins does Jenkins does better than like any other actor, which is this like funny yet broken hearted beat. Like it's the only way I can describe it is like every single thing he says, even if it's funny, is soaked with this sort of just like and not just because of this movie, but just because he understands how to get into this character so well. It's just soaked with this sort of um, sadness, like for and for the best reasons, too, for the movie. It's just it's he's just unbelievable. Again, it's yeah. And it's it's not to say that anyone like I will say this. Sean Young shows up in this movie. She has a very like brief part as like the mayor's wife or whatever. Not firing on all cylinders. Came in to they do a date. They could have given her more to do. They could have, but they won't because she's honestly wasn't very good. But that's like, you know. <laughs> Shots fired. 
for your 30 seconds of my live show. Sorry, Sean Young. No, but like it's it is interesting because you do see like what you like that scene in the bar, like that scene where they start talking about what's going on and like actually like setting up the plot for the rest of the movie is so like it is just this sort of like, yeah, everybody's playing off each other. But holy shit, dude, like, again, Richard Jenkins is just. It's like he's the only one who's like actually understanding he's in the scene. So he and understanding what his character is doing in the scene. It's just this whole the levels are so fascinating, particularly there because everyone in the cast is in that bit. Except for the troglodytes. So like every the entire cast is playing off everyone. So you're seeing so much of what everyone's bringing in for that this performance for this movie and like. Richard Jenkins just shines so hard throughout. Yeah. And I love Patrick Wilson. Like, I think he's a fantastic actor. There's very rarely, like, I, I think he's one of, like, the really underrated actors. Like, he gets great, you know, he does great work, and he gets good jobs and everything like that. But honestly, he's like. essentially just Tom Hanks without trophies. Yeah. I mean, he's incredible. And, yeah, I want him to win all the awards. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, he, yeah, he's just a guy who's kind of like Tom Hanks, but not Tom Hanks. But I think Not to a your bad point, thing. though, he he gets stuck with the I constantly must be screaming in agony character. Yeah, I still don't understand why they didn't just like shoot him at the top of the movie because he was like, I'm going and like blow your brains yeah. out. Like, because he has a Bible somewhere. yeah, So he's OK. But it's funny because Richard Jenkins and Kurt Russell, by the end of the film, film field truly lived in with yeah. their characters. Right. In almost a way that no one else is. I would even say not that they're able to get to, but they're not allowed to get to by how the movie plays. Right. Because everyone else has something that is kind of keeping them in a movie character kind of place. Mm-hmm. But those two, when we get to the end of the sheriff and Jenkins, right? And he's got this fucking flask in him. I mean, it's fucking horrendous. Dude, that But scene... he just says, you know, say goodbye to my wife for me and I'll say hello to yours. When Kurt Russell said that, it just really felt like two old friends. Yeah. Saying thanks, thanks for the the road traveled, man, and I just was broken down. I killed knew, me. I think this is the thing that's interesting about the movie is, to be honest with you, and I know it fits, I know it fits a certain pillar of the horror genre, but there's just not a lot about it that felt. There's not a lot about it that felt like classic horror. It felt like my kind of horror movie. Like I, I love these kinds of movies, particularly not westerns necessarily, yeah. but these kinds of movies that play more with. You know, not the psychology of like, oh, who's the worst person ever? Oh, it's clearly man, because we already know that. But really, it's about like this journey amongst people who are like trying to figure out if they can actually be friends, countrymen, like these kinds of people who like constantly have to like when you put people in like this powder keg situation. And look, I the brutality in this movie is wow. Like there is stuff that I have not seen the, the, that hip flask thing was bar none one of the grossest things I've ever seen in a movie. And I, I we've watched a lot of shit. That was so disgusting. Like, I, I don't, like, I... Yeah. And, and look, again, like, we've fucking, you know, you and I have both watched Hellraiser. Like, I've seen weird shit, and that was honestly the grossest thing but I've seen in a movie. that's just so sexy that it's okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's one yeah. of those kind of I mean, of that movies. is definitely for your ultimate pleasure, but, like, that is, like, the craziest yeah. shit is just, like... You're ever just like, oh, man, what if our wife brings home just, like, a State Farm guy? 
and just cracks his head open, and then we're just like covered in the blood. No, I'm just kidding. We don't do that. Jesus, that's oh. very Midwestern. My God. <laughs> yeah, I know the Midwestern's gone Hellraiser, and it's great. But, yeah, it's great. We're turning I- the. But no, what I'm saying to to the point is, it's funny that in a movie like this that has such extreme violence, right? They did the uh, the leg split, right? Just chopping the guy Brr. down the middle like Brr. cattle, right? So Which is much something bone you cracking. usually only see Ugh. in like kind of tongue-in-cheek goofy ass horror movies like victor crowley yeah like the crowley series and hatchet series they do stuff like that 15 times a movie Mm -hmm. but it's so goofy you're like that's what i'm here for right practical effects real right that felt just gross and real and dehumanizing and that they scalped him i mean there's a lot of horrendous gross i mean even just Every time they are about to show Patrick Wilson's leg, you're like, this is the worst, yeah. and I hate it. Every time and, the leg thing comes up, like, the, the bone the bone right. cracking in this movie made me physically ill. Like, But I would nauseous. say this, this is the weird thing, right? As graphic and memorable as it is, it is probably the least interesting thing in the movie to me. Yes. Right? What I became fascinated with with this film, and I agree with you, it's not really, I wouldn't call it traditional horror. I think... Trying to like fit every movie into a genre is kind of the the last bastion of a coward, right? <laughs> it feels like a very Twitter thing. Yeah, a little where bit. Where you can just discount someone just by like, oh, that's not really a horror film. Well, it scared the fuck out of me, man. So, right, right. Suck it. You <laughs> know? Uh, I think what this one does really well, right? And I think it's exemplified in the, the scene when, I think his name was Rodrigo? Ramirio. Ramirio. Who? Ramirio. So Ramirio and his friend come through in the night, right? And they're like, we were about to announce ourselves. They pop up with their guns. Right. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the two Hispanic guys, right? right. And they're like, yeah. we're going to, you know, hey, we're just here. We're cool. The sheriff is trying to get some deets, right? Right. Boom, boom. Matthew Fox fucking lays them low, right? Right. In that moment, I was like, this movie is pretty crystal clear on what it's presenting us, right? Mm-hmm. They, they are here to show us the disgusting bone tomahawking. Right. Right. And that that's a really big selling point of this film. But for giving us that for giving them that extra 45 minutes that they probably didn't all the way. Earn, they're like, we are going to give you something to chew on. And it struck me as how funny it is that these guys are on a noble hero's quest. Right. Mm-hmm. To go hunt down and save these people from savages. Right. That killed unjustified killing of, a, you know, the stable guy, the sheriff. Uh, they kidnapped, you know, Doofy. He's dead somewhere. And so that's their quest, right? Is that these people have killed and taken life. So they are savages and we must go hunt them down. Also, just the arrogance that like an old guy, a broken leg guy and two other guys are going to go just have at a tribe and they didn't come prepared. It shows you the absolute arrogance and disregard they have for anyone else. But when they shot those those two fellows approaching the camp, right? And the movie tries later to be like, oh, someone did steal their horses. So right. maybe they made the right decision. I think Kurt Russell even said, I don't know how that would have played out. Yeah. But I was like, in the moment, you made that choice. You are no different than the troglodytes that you were trying to villainize and have at. And, it, and even right after that, when uh, Matthew Fox has to shoot his own horse, and it looks so much more difficult for him than when he shot two human beings but a frame ago. Um, I just thought that was really lovely, right? That's that's kind of the idea of people trying to, just because they wear fancy suits in the heat so they just get extra stank on them that their wives ignore. I don't understand. They get, it, they get to be as monstrous as they want 
and feel good about themselves. I thought that was really nice, uh, you know, to kind of sit and think with that. When Richard Jenkins like, you shouldn't have shot those fellas, right? Like, you shouldn't have done that. And he said, hey, man, that's how it is out here. Eventually, we're all going to get got, right? That kind of thing. Our numbers all come and do. It, it's a really nice stop and pause. You know, and this is the character at the bars boasting about how he's killed the most Native Americans of anyone. Right. And there's a there's an irony in them not realizing how monstrous their bright hope base level society right. is. Well, it's well, and then like the professor's like that's he says something to the effect of like, well, it's quite a boast, and he's like, it's not a boast, it's just facts. Like, yeah, that's an ugly boast. That's yeah. an uh, that's what it is. It's an ugly boast. It's like it's not a boast. It's a fact. And it's like my Florida relatives still say that it's like a weird Southern thing. Like that's ugly, right? If you call it like if you're like sitting at a table and it's like you idiot. Oh, I don't like that ugly language. But it's like a weird thing they do. <laughs> Matthew Fox's character, yeah, like first off, I don't understand anyone who would wear white throughout the Wild West. Like that's just you're just asking to have to clean your clothes like every five minutes. But either way, it yeah, is from this... all the the spillage. <laughs> that that is a that is a uh, constant vacancy sign, right? That's what that is. Come get some, <laughs> Mister Fuck. Your wife is here until he gets blown that's what that white clothes. suit is yeah it's this and that's really kind of why he's wearing white i think it's just the contrast like the landscape is so i think that's the kind of crazy he does thing. seem like a pretty shitty killer are you i mean he does boom he shoots that wolf and he shoots the two hispanic guys he seems not s- tactically brilliant when they approach the troglodyte cave are we a hundred percent sure that we believe his boast because it seems like chicory wasn't I don't buying think it so I don't think he you're says what to. I killed 116. Not a chance. Uh, I people think that, and he was like, really? I think it's the whole point of the character. Like you look at this guy, he's such a facade of this. Like it's this gag that like, I, again, like I go back to like the classic kind of Western stuff. And like, actually it's kind of funny. Cause it reminded me of the way, like kind of, it's like the superficial version of doc holiday in tombstone where it's like this, like sort of dandy type guy who shows up to town. He's got, you know, white suit nice mustache just like walking through being like oh man i will just slay all poos in this town and then he's like i've also killed a lot of indians and you're like yeah it sounds like bullshit like i it's one of those things you look at a character like that and you're like i know like they're trying to justify some form of valor by the time he like gets got but there is none because he's clearly a moment too is when he's like, you know, I just want a cigar. Give me a stick of dynamite. Yeah. I'll handle it, right? And I believe his exact line is, I'm far too vain to be a cripple. Right. Which is another and reason this, I think this he's This is actually shit. like a brilliant, like Matthew Fox played the shit out of this yeah. moment, right? So he gets his cigar, they light it, and he's smoking it, right? The moment Chicory and the sheriff leave, you see that whole tough guy facade just crumbling. Gone. <laughs> He's like starting to like break down into like weeping. Totally. And then he's like, oh, wait, just in case they look back, I want them to remember that I'm the badass cigar smoking uh, dynamite guy. This movie also just totally ignores the rules of Chekhov six sticks of dynamite. Like, why did we mention that? And there just wasn't dynamiting galore. Neither here nor there. But um, I, I thought that was a lovely concept, right? Of yeah. people trying to decide who are monsters. And I thought this movie... And especially Western movies. Like, I saw that, uh, the remake of, what was it, Magnificent Seven or whatever, yeah. that Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. That feels like one of those, like, kind of cartoony Superbook 
you know, superhero kind of Western guys where, yeah, we're all good. Pew, 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 pew. Wasn't this great? Pew, pew, pew. You like Halo and Fortnite? Pew, pew, pew. That's what the Wild West was like. And it's like, mm. yeah. All right. Sure. And I don't always love that. I, I like that this movie, and it's, I mean, it is a movie that's just constantly getting dirty, right? Like, this, this is a dirty-handed movie, even though the film doesn't look lived in enough all the time. Right. I like that they went there and that they actually spent time addressing it. I thought it meant a lot to me. I don't disagree. I think it's just, there's a, there's, there's a lot to love about this movie. That's not, there's just a lot to love about the movie in general. I think that it has for being a Western. And I think that that's like the thing that is most prevalent for me when movies like this come out is how hard are they going to go into this? Like, western vibe and it's not just like the length of a movie or anything like that what it really is about is the vibe it puts off like for me like james mangold's remake of 310 to yuma is probably like one of the gold standards for modern western movies like they do a really good job of incorporating like modern filmmaking and like the classic western vibes because a you cast like two fantastic actors and you just let them roll you let them roll in this environment and let them see, and let's kind of see what happens you know so you have like, to me, that's like one of those great westerns. And then you also have great side characters. Bone Tomahawk does almost the exact same thing with Kurt Russell and Richard Jenkins. And then you have Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox. Um, you know, you have these great side. You have another. You have great side characters that do wonderful like character bits. Mm-hmm. And I think that that to me is what makes this movie. Again, like I get that it has horror tropes, but it's just. I don't know. It's weird. It, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a genre. Like it is, it's a movie. That's it. Like it's a Most movie. Movies that, don't. It's a movie that does <laughs> what it, it's a movie that does exactly what it sets out to do. It tells mm. a story about people that are trying to do the honorable thing in a dishonorable world with dishonorable people. Yeah. And I, I think they did a great job of that too. When we get to the actual troglodyte cave, yeah. right? We do see a couple horrendous acts, but it's not, really gross honestly it's not as much as you would expect from the movie we've watched no you kind of think it's going to be this splatter house ending and i guess you could argue it's pretty fucking gross right there's some nasty shit some right gnarly we see stuff foot, i mean foot chopped and half chopped off a head get yeah. hacked off the the yes. i wasn't prepared for when they cut the 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 hip the thing that precedes the hip flask getting stuck in his abdomen is like them cutting him with the bone tomahawk I was not prepared for pretty that gnarly. and thought that was pretty fucking gross. Like that was like, I was like, yeah. that is one of the grosser things I've seen in movies. Right. But you, you would think the movie's going to start going more of like a hostile route, right? Yeah, like totally. this is going to be Absolutely. the real payoff. The real payoff of that jail cell is exactly what we've been talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we'll avenge you. Uh, these men deserve to die. Right. Even though it's, you know, again, the irony of them not understanding. Right. These savages, we're going to get them. The cavalry's coming to fucking slaughter you all. Right. Um, it's the the wife in the cell saying, you know, frontier life is only difficult because of the idiots. Right. It's not the elements. It's the idiots. Right. You're like, what a fucking payoff. Yeah. And then there's, a, you know. Uh, the fucking oh my god when that was Richard Jenkins third thing that made me cry when he talked about the flea circus Ugh. and he's like I just want to believe that that flea circus was real I wanted yeah. to believe that them fleas were that talented yep and she just gave him one and he like literally had a moment of like I knew it yeah and I was like fuck yeah man so it's funny in the movie Bone Tomahawk with the gnarly violence that's my payoff and I think that 
to me is the elevating point, right? Is that Kurt Russell, you know, that line about the wives is just, that's an all-timer moment. Yeah. And then you have kind of the dumbness of Patrick Wilson crawling in as if these men aren't amazing expert <laughs> hunters. Right. That they can blow it. He can just blow the throat whistle that he cuts out of the guy very graphically. Yeah. And they're like, hmm, nothing weird about that. I better run at him on this wide open path. Right. Like the scene when he shoots the two of them, I was like, that might be the worst choreography it, it of people getting this, shot I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. It ends in this really kind of like, that's like you're saying, like to me, the payoff in every aspect of this movie is an emotional thing. Like there's never, there's nothing right. about the, like the action is brutal, but yeah, like there's brutal. nothing about the action that makes me think like, oh yeah, like the way hostile works, you know? That's not how this movie's framed, and that's not how this movie works. Like for me, it is all about the emotional payoff, particularly of Richard Jenkins' character. I think you always yeah. just are inclined to follow someone who has nothing left to lose, but sees like has seen tragedy and therefore nothing left to lose. Yeah. Like it's almost about like them finding a reason to be the version, the best version of themselves. Right to that point, right? It's the person who's already suffered so much, right? and still is trying to make the world a better place. Right. That's a character you can't help but love. Agreed. And you could kind of say maybe even the sheriff's doing that. I will say the one emotional payoff that I was wanting that we didn't get, Patrick Wilson brought the letter to her. He never read the letter to her, man. I was like, fuck. Because he had to, you know, walk out of there. I was like, read the fucking letter to her, man. Or more importantly, write a new letter to her. I thought the movie yeah. was going to end like with a voiceover of the letter being read. Honestly, I kind of like the idea because, again, it, it kind of plays on this myth of the West, right? We right. just hear gunshots. We don't know anything that happened. And Richard Jenkins just assuming the sheriff did it. And they just kind of walk off, man. Their, their shit will be fine. Yeah. And they've just left this cave just decimated they did hang one of the weirdest things on the scoreboard at the very end to make sure that we weren't team troglodyte right which is the kind of x-files home episode women pregnant women that are just sharing like this very small rocky table with bones sticking out of their eyes and pregnant that was one of those i kind of had to pause the film and be like what per se am i looking at what the fuck is going on so that's just like a, hey, in case you're still thinking maybe cowboys aren't always heroic, look at this. This will turn your stomach. This I is, thought that was a, a, a funny movie. Yeah, I think they had turned our <laughs> stomachs so much with how these guys actually were. They're like, okay, we got to like, we gotta find a villain in this movie somehow. Like, yeah. got it. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, not that I was like also leaping a little racist, under sure, anyone's. Whatever, uh, yeah, I'm not leaping under anyone's like wing of protection in this film. <laughs> like, I'd hang out with Chicory and play checkers. Yeah. Maybe the, the really super lovely and not dirty at all lady who's just a medical genius. She's pretty cool, too. Almost everyone else. Yeah. Questionable. I'll hang with Sean. I don't know. I'll hang I, with Sean Young. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. She seems like she would be into the, the nipple clamping thing we were talking about earlier. The yeah. State Farm uh, suckering. Probably has all smells like spoiled fruit. It's fine. Yeah. And then the mayor can hold the camera. Right. And then we make. Bone Hellraiser. Yeah, that's that's the sequel we're making, right? And uh, Phil Malcolm in studios right after we do the smelly body Western horror. Yep. But what I what I will say is that I thought this movie was going to be more of a kind of torture porn graphic yeah. 
uh, display of set up that practical way. wizardry. I found an enormous amount of heart and brain in this film that I did not expect. And honestly was the, the life raft I clung to as it went. Not that I needed a life raft. It's a very well-made film. Again, there's a lot of repeating the kind of soliloquies. We could have made this a really strong, whoosh, like a fucking razor sharp thrown bone tomahawk. Just a real tight minutes. 89 minutes, but you know. I'll give you 95, but that neither here nor there. It's a fantastic film. It is. Uh, and I was really glad to add it to our list for the pod serves man month. Uh, that's it for bone tomahawk. That's not it. We've got more courses of man coming. We're still cannibals for the rest of the month of November. If you're on the Discord, you still have a chance to vote. Uh, We're not closing voting yet on uh, your last pick. Ravenous is way out ahead, so it's going to be hard to beat. But get your votes in. uh, Get your patron selections in. Guys, again, that's patreon.com slash film alchemist pod. It's the best way to help the show. We appreciate it so much. Uh, tell your friends, tell everyone you know to come on over to the party. Uh, guys, the email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube is filmalchemist. We're on all the socials you're on. We appreciate ratings and reviews wherever you find the pod. More than anything, guys, we appreciate your time. We hope you enjoyed uh, Bone Tomahawk as much as we did. Until next time, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino. <laughs>